Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate, appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Of course, we talk about the Bible here. We, uh, we, we study the Bible. We preach what the Bible says, hopefully. We allow the callers to have priority. So if you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. You can call in right now. While we're waiting on our first call, I thought we'd talk about some passages uh, that mention the word wash or washing in the New Testament. And talk about what that means when we see the word washed or washing in the New Testament. What's it talking about? Well, the first passage I'd look, like to look at on this uh, little concordance search is Revelation 7.14. It says, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So when we talk about washing their robes here, we're not talking about physically. It's really we're, we're talking about analogy. Your sins being washed away by the blood of the Lamb, you're made white. You're made clean like a robe is made white when you wash a robe, maybe with with water and and soap. There's the analogy. You have a piece of clothing, you wash it with water, soap, you get it white, meaning you get it clean. In the same way, the blood of the lamb washes away our sins so that we're white, we're clean. Do you see the analogy? So when we talk about the blood of Christ washing away our sins, it's an analogy back to like washing clothes. You wash clothes to get them clean, you wash sins away with the blood of Christ. I think we see the same thing in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Again, the analogy is, you want to wash a piece of clothing? Probably use soap and water. You get it clean. If you want to be clean from your sin, you want to be white, clean from your sin. You got to get washed by the blood of the Lamb. There's no way to be forgiven without taking advantage of the death of Christ, the blood of Christ. There's the analogy again. The word "wash" there is talking about the forgiveness of sins, and it's called "wash" because it's trying to make an analogy. Just like water and soap can make clothing clean, white when you wash it. The blood of Christ can make us clean from sin. In other words, based upon the blood of Christ, we can be forgiven of our sins. Those that trust and obey, of course, the atheist, Jesus died for everybody, but the atheist is not going to be saved. I mean, John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Died for everybody, but only those that believe. Only those who trust and obey will be washed by the blood of the Lamb. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. Again, the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. This word washed is used again in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. I want to read verses 9 through 11 so you'll know what it's talking about when we get to verse 11. It says, Know you not 
that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Uh, those last two phrases are talking about homosexuals. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But such, excuse me, verse 11, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Here's the point of this text. You have these people, before they became Christians, they were fornicators. They worshipped idols, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, as the newer translations would say. Thieves, covetous, drunkards, all kinds of sin. Well, that's what people are before they become a Christian. They're sinners. They were guilty of all these sins. And it says, such were some of you, verse 11, past tense. Such were some of you. Meaning they had quit these sins. So the fornicators had quit fornicating. The idolaters had quit worshiping idols. The adulterers had quit committing adultery. The homosexuals had quit being homosexuals. The homosexuals now say, well, we can't quit. We're born this way. Well, these people did. These people had been homosexuals, just like the drunkards. And now it says such were, past tense, some of you mean they had quit being homosexuals when they became Christians. And when they became Christians, they were washed from all their sins. Even a homosexual can be forgiven if he's willing to quit. If he's willing to change his life so that it can be said of him, such were, past tense, such were some of you. Then he's washed. Then he's sanctified. He's justified by the blood of Christ. Washed. It's going back. It's that analogy again. You wash clothes to make them clean, I guess, with soap and water. If you want to be clean spiritually, if you want to have your sins forgiven, you got to be washed in the blood of Christ. That brings me to Acts 22, verse 16. Here's another verse that has a form of this word washed or washed. Acts 22, 16, Ananias told Saul, of course, this later became known as Paul the Apostle. And why tarriest thou? We would say, what you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Notice we have there two concepts, baptism and the washing away of sins. Two different concepts, but they happen at the same time. Baptism is not what washes away your sins. As we've already learned, it's the blood of Christ that washes away our sins, Revelation 1, 5. That's what washes away our sins. But when does the blood of Christ wash away our sins, according to this verse? Well, Ananias told Saul to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. So Saul, even though he had believed on the road to Damascus three days earlier, had believed in Christ, his sins weren't washed away when he believed. He wasn't saved by faith only. He wasn't saved at the point of faith. Three days after he believed in Christ, he was told to get baptized to get his sins washed away. So the blood of Christ didn't wash his sins away until he was baptized. Again, What's it talking about here when it says the washing away of sin? It's talking about the forgiveness of sins. It's just, it's when it uses the word wash, it's, it's an analogy back to say washing clothes or anything else. You take water, for example, and you wash something to make it clean. Well, if you want to wash your sins away, meaning if you want to be forgiven of your sins, it's going to take the blood of Christ. And this verse makes it clear that that washing by the blood of Christ we're made clean by the blood of Christ. We're forgiven based upon the blood of Christ when we're baptized and not before. Arise and be baptized and wash away our, thy sins. The blood of Christ is what does the washing. The baptism is when the washing takes place. 
just another passage, there's six or eight of them at least in the New Testament, that proves you've got to be baptized to be saved. You've got to be baptized to get your sins washed away, to be forgiven of your sins. If you have a Bible question, the number to call is 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. If you want to ask your Bible question or make a comment on air. The next verse on my list that uses this word washed or washing or wash away is Titus 3, 5. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, what's this talking about, the washing of regeneration? Well, it's not talking about baptism per se. It's talking about the forgiveness of sins. That's when you see the word washed or washing or wash away in the New Testament. It's talking about the forgiveness of sins. So Titus 3, 5 is talking about the washing of regeneration. Regeneration is just another way of saying the new birth. So when you're born again, your sins are forgiven. That's what it's talking about. The washing of regeneration. It's the washing away of your sins at the new birth. Now, does that happen when you're baptized? Of course. John 3, 5, or th chapter 3, verse 3 and verse 5, Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I get back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus explains, whoever is born of water and of the Spirit, except you be born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter into the, the kingdom of God. John 3, 5. So the way a person gets born again, it involves being born of water, being baptized in water, according to the teaching of the Spirit. Now, Titus 3, 5 is not directly talking about it. it's that. It's, when it says washing of regeneration, it's talking about the washing away of sins that occurs at the new birth. But other passages tell us that happens at baptism. Didn't we see that in Acts twenty two sixteen? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. The washing away of sins is not the baptism. It's the forgiveness of sins. It's the washing away of the sins. When did it occur, though? When the person was baptized. Titus 3, 5 is talking about the washing of regeneration. In other words, the washing away of sins that occurs when a person is born again. By the blood of Christ. We know from other passages that that occurs when someone is baptized. Let's try to take a call. Bible Crossfire, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, Gordon, from Wyoming. Well, my question is, is he, he's saying that you have to be baptized to become a Christian or be saved. And the thief on the cross was saved, and he did not get baptized. You know, um, was uh, let me ask you a question, Gordon. Was uh, Moses ever baptized? No. Why wasn't Moses baptized? Because uh, the command wasn't there at that time. Exactly. Moses, That's the Moses was saved by faith. Yeah. It's exactly. The command wasn't there at that time. He lived under a law. You'll never read about water baptism in the Old Testament, will you, Gordon? No. So, so he lived under a law that didn't require baptism, and that's the same way with the thief. Gordon, the reason the thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized is because he lived before the New Testament law that requires baptism went into effect. Does that make sense? <laughs> Let me read that well, to you in Hebrews I, 9. I, I mean, Jesus was baptized as an example for us. Yeah, that's to right. Show, but, to show others that we have accepted Christ and and we are buried to sin and, and risen again with Christ as an example of what we've done when we ask Christ as our Savior. Gordon, let me but read I, for you Hebrews nine sixteen and 17. It says, For where a testament is, 
there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. Now, this is talking about Jesus being the testator. And it's saying this New Testament law, Christ's New Testament law, didn't go into effect until after his death. After his death. So the thief lived and died before the New Covenant, before the New Testament went into effect. So he didn't have to be baptized for the same reason. Moses didn't have to be baptized. He didn't have to be baptized for the same reason Noah and Joshua and Abraham and Adam and Eve didn't have to be baptized. He never lived under that new covenant law, the New Testament law that requires baptism. When Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved in the Great Commission, Mark 16, 16. That was long after the thief had been dead. Does that make sense, Gordon? Well, I I, I think what you're saying is, yeah, there's no salvation without baptism. And and you're saying like people in Korea and Iran, in all the countries, China, that accept Christ as Savior and because of the law, they, they can't be baptized. You're saying they're not Christians. Right. The way you accept Christ is by believing, repenting, and being baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, you've never really fully accepted Christ. So this, there's no such thing as somebody who has really accepted Christ and hadn't been baptized. Because if you hadn't been baptized, you hadn't accepted Christ. I mean, I'm not writing these verses. Ananias is the one representing God who told Saul in Acts 22:16, which is that verse that we read that probably caused Gordon to call in, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So it's God that said, your sins are not washed away by the blood of Christ until you're baptized. I mean, that's in black and white in Acts 22.16. Acts 2.38, believers were told to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So that would mean a believer, one who believes in Christ in Iraq or Africa or wherever Gordon mentioned those countries, if he's a believer but he hadn't repented and been baptized, according to Acts 2.38, hadn't received the remission of sins. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So if you have a believer that hadn't been baptized, then he's not been saved from his sins. First Peter 3, 21 says, baptism doth also now save us. I mean, why would God write baptism saves us if you don't have to be baptized to be saved? That makes no sense. It, may, it turns God into a liar when we say that people can be saved without being baptized. I surely don't want to call God a liar, so I just accept what he says. That you've got to be baptized to be saved, to become a Christian. And I just accept that and teach it the way the Bible says. Now, we were talking about these places in the New Testament where we have the word wash, washing, words like that. We're going to talk some more about those. But if you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. Give us a call at 877-655-6755. Again, the number to call is 877-655-6755. Here's another one. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What's that talking about? Sometimes people say, what mentions water must be talking about water baptism. No, if it were talking about water baptism, that means you would have to, you couldn't get baptized in a creek or something because it might be a little muddy. That's not what it's talking about. Our bodies are washed with pure water. It goes back to this analogy is talking about the forgiveness of sins based upon the blood of Christ. Our bodies with washed with pure water. In other words, 
you clean clothes with water. If you wash them in dirty water, you're not going to get clean clothes. So the analogy is our sins are washed away by the blood of Christ. It's with pure water, meaning we're going to be completely clean of sins once we get the forgiveness of sins based upon the blood of Christ. Now, does this washing away of sins that's mentioned in Hebrews 10.22 happen at water baptism? Yeah, we learned that from Acts 22.16. The washing away of sins based upon the blood of Christ happens when somebody is baptized. Charmaine from South Carolina. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Um, I'm listening, but I'm, I don't know if I'm in complete agreement because what if someone has just received Christ and the Lord has decided to take them before being baptized? You're telling me that their sins are not washed away or forgiven? Well, think about this. Here's uh-huh. Saul of Tarsus in Acts 22. He believes in Jesus. Charmaine, then three days later, he's told to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So was he still in his sins or was he already forgiven of his sins when he was told to be baptized to get his sins washed away? I guess not forgiven just yet, but I still cannot wrap my head around sins not being forgiven if you're not baptized and you just gave your life to Christ and then died. Well, so did Saul of Tarsus... Didn't he believe in Jesus on the road to Damascus? Didn't he, quote, mm-hmm. give his life to Christ? Mm-hmm. Three days later, Ananias tells him to rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Acts twenty two sixteen. So even though he had, quote, given his life to Christ in the sense you're talking about, it, meaning he had believed in Christ fully and completely, three days later he's told to get baptized to get his sins washed away. So yes, I don't you think do that have to be. my question, though. Oh, yes, it does. You have to be baptized to get baptized right after giving their life to Christ, like within hours or minutes or whatever. That doesn't make sense. In Acts 16, you have the Philippian jailer. It was well after midnight. He believed in Christ, so they took him right then and baptized him. They didn't schedule the baptism out two or three weeks later. People that do that don't understand baptism. When you understand that you got to be baptized to be saved, then you won't wait two or three weeks later to baptize somebody as soon as the philippian jailer believed and it was well after midnight and they didn't have electric lights back then they were going to have to go outside probably somewhere and baptize him in a creek or a stream or a river they did it right then because they realized he wasn't saved until he was baptized henry from indiana go ahead with your bible question or comment please hi pastor thank you for taking my call first time caller i was curious i'm listening to your discussion about baptism and now my question is why does the apostle paul was the apostle to the gentiles why does he stop baptizing why does he say he's thankful that he only baptized the one household okay if you read the context of first corinthians one and i'm turning there in my bible right now he's saying sure. thank you verse 12 he says now this i say that every one of you saith i am of paul i have apollos and i have cephas and i have christ is christ divided was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So what's going on there? Uh, is, you, is your name Henry? Yes. What's going on there, Henry, is people were be, claiming to be followers of who baptized them. And so Paul said, boy, I'm glad I didn't baptize. He did baptize a few. He baptized Crispus and Gaius, for example, in verse 14, Stephanus in verse 16. He said, I'm glad I didn't baptize more of you because then you would be saying you're a follower of Paul. So here's the point of that passage, Henry. It's not saying it's not important to be baptized. 
the point of the passage is it doesn't matter who baptizes you. That's exactly why Paul said what he said in 1 Corinthians 1. Henry, he said it because it doesn't matter who baptizes you. Right there in 1 Corinthians 1, what we just... Go ahead, Henry. Now, doesn't he say, lest the cross of Christ... I don't remember what the rest of that verse is. Is there another part of that? In in that particular uh, In verse 17, he said, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Right. So what does that mean? That, that exactly what I told you. That you just wrote. So, so Lest Christ. The cross of Christ be of no effect. What does that mean? It because means. I, I understand your, what your, your reasoning on um, what you said earlier. I was just asking for an explanation of that portion of the scripture. Okay. So if Paul had preached with wisdom of words, in other words, the wisdom of men, then the cross of Christ would be made of none effect. That's what that means. So Paul didn't preach with the wisdom of men. He preached with the wisdom of God, which was foolishness. If you read the rest of the chapter, according to most people, it's foolishness. He says, I didn't preach with the wisdom of words of men. That If you did that, then the cross of Christ would be of none effect. So the point of this passage is that it doesn't matter who baptizes you. As a matter of fact, right there in the context, Henry, it teaches you got to be baptized to be saved. In verse 13, he says, was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? The implication is to be of Paul. Here's the implication. Paul would have to be crucified for them and they would have to be baptized in the name of Paul. So the, the, the real conclusion would be if you want to be of Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 12 and 13, Christ would have to be crucified for you and you would have to be baptized in the name of Christ, to be of Christ. That's the conclusion you would draw from 1 Corinthians 1, 12, and 13, that you have to be baptized in the name of Christ to be of Christ. And you see the same thing in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians three twenty six says, for you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So you become a child of God by faith. But verse 27 begins this with this little word for, F-O-R, which means to introduce the reason. It says, for as many of you as have been baptized in the Christ have put on Christ. So the reason these people were children of God by faith is because they had been baptized in the Christ. The way they became children of God by faith, Galatians 3.26, is by being baptized in the Christ, verse 27. If you're baptized into Christ, that means you're, if you had not been baptized, you're not in Christ. You're outside of Christ. Appreciate those calls. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. What's that referring to? It's referring again to the forgiveness of sins based upon the blood of Christ. The washing of water by the word. The water part's just an analogy. You wash something with water like clothing or anything else. It makes it clean physically. That's part of the analogy. How are we washed spiritually? By the blood of Christ. When does that occur? When are our sins washed away by the blood of Christ? Acts twenty two sixteen tells us without any doubt when it occurs. Either you believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. Ananias told Saul, who had believed in Christ three days earlier, he told him to rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. So there's no doubt 
the Bible conclusively proves the blood of Christ washes away somebody's sins when they're baptized, not when they believe. You've got to be baptized to be saved. One other passage, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, said, It has happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I don't have time to talk about this, but it's another analogy. You wash a pig, you better keep him pinned up or he's going to go right back to the mud. You wash a person spiritually, meaning he gets all his sins forgiven when he's baptized, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Then he has to start living right or he'll be dirty again, just like that pig who got washed that went back to the mud. If you would like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, I want you to call or text me at 256-682-9753. We'll do it at a time that's convenient for you. Could be morning, afternoon, or evening, just whenever it's convenient for you, weekday or weekend, free one-hour phone Bible study with me, one-on-one Bible study. If you're interested in that, Call or text me, 256-682-9753. Appreciate you listening tonight. Be sure and listen next week at this same time.